Today's episode of the Not That Great Podcast, which is actually, I guess, functionally a few days ago episode. Oh, the magic and trickery of podcasting. Today's episode can be found where you find podcasts. You know where those places are. Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Not SoundCloud anymore, sorry. Spotify, Stitcher, right? There's Apple Podcasts. There's Google Podcasts. And there's Anchor, which is we are an Anchor podcast uh, officially, so... Find us there, subscribe to all the places where, uh, or to our podcast, wherever you find your podcasts. Um, MLB preview today, and it's a weird day to do it because, well, we actually did it a couple days ago, me and um, debuting uh, not that great uh, contributor Matthew Fox, our MLB analyst, I guess you'll call him. Um, but with all this free agency craziness around uh, the NFL, uh, that kicks off officially today, but we've had plenty of moves. Odell Beckham Jr., Le'Veon Bell, um, the big names that are out there moving around and signing big money deals. Michael Bennett to the Pats. Deshaun Jackson back to the Eagles. That doesn't make any sense to me. There's talk that LaShawn McCoy was going to go back there. I don't think that's going to happen since uh, Le'Veon is now a Jet, I believe. Uh, but all kinds of craziness. But we're not going to get into that today, but there will be some talk of it. As we get into our NFL draft preview, that's coming soon. And then we're going to do a whole bunch of wrestling stuff as we're only 20, I believe 26, 25 days away from WrestleMania and uh, a bunch of us going down for that. So you'll hear more wrestling stuff coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, and we'll do um, full crazy, just like we did last year, NFL preview later this year. But the the moves are so crazy, hot and, hot and heavy. It's happening Every five seconds, something comes over, and you're like, "Oh boy, we didn't talk about that on the podcast." So let's just not record podcast. Let's wait till it. We'll wait till it dies down, and then once it dies down, we will be able to get full overviews of these newly constructed teams uh, in our NFL preview, which is later this year after the draft, obviously. Um, you're also looking at uh, March Madness. St. Mary's with a, a victory over Gonzaga last night punched their ticket. That takes a ticket away from another bubble team, most likely. Uh, Gonzaga starting to stow their usual stripes when it gets to tournament time, losing big games. Um, kind of overrated. They always play out those West Coast teams coming 25-2 and two and then play against some of those East Coast teams that are battle-tested and they collapse. So, classic Gonzaga last night. But tournament games all day today and for the rest of the week for your conference tournaments and then Selection Sunday on Sunday. We're going to try to do something for that, time permitting. Um, and uh, probably not a big thing like we did last year with a fortune untalented bracket, but we'll do something about the NCAAs. And that's it coming up. So right now, Matt Fox and I talked eh, it was over an hour, maybe about 90 minutes. Strap in. You know what I mean? This MLB is, a, is, is happening. Spring training's going on. There's lots going on. You got you to gotta strap in and listen to what we think is going to happen. And I don't, I don't really think... I disagreed with Matt on too much, but this this guy is a wealth of baseball knowledge, so I kind of just let him take the ball and run with it. And you'll hear that right now with Moose in the House, MLB Preview 2019. Let's go. Make it a double, I can take it another, get so hard to chase it, live up to, yeah, it slides away when you're running. Like my Uncle David Who never lived to escape it The trouble you were about to cave in Give up to talking in your basement 
this MLB preview. I'm here with Matt Fox. He's a rookie on the podcast. First time, long time. Um, last year we did it uh, a week too late. Me and Brian Goodwin started our MLB podcast after the, the for example, the Phillies had already the Phillies fans had already booed Gabe Kapler a couple times. So we were about a week into the season. This year we're probably like a week too early. Um, and especially with a bunch of uh, unsigned free agents, but we'll get to that. Large, big names out there still unsigned, or formerly big names, I guess. We're not scouts. But we do watch the game, Matt Fox especially. Uh, Foxy, if you're looking at um, – if you're tell me something you're extremely excited about this year. Tell me a couple things you're really excited about, and then we'll start kind of drilling down into teams and divisions. I like that. First of all, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Long time, yeah, first time, long time. But uh, I uh, – I'm really excited going into 2019 for um, some divisions that have been kind of bad going in the past. And I think this year are looking really amazing. I think the NL East, everyone's talking about it because of all the big signings and all that. But I think on the whole, they've just gotten so much better. Each team has improved, obviously not including the Marlins. Mm. Um, and I think it's going to be one of the more competitive uh, divisions in baseball. I'm really excited to see uh, what some of the younger players who sort of made their names last year um, are going to do this year and see if the, that momentum sort of builds or, or if anyone has the sophomore slump. I think there are a lot of really young, exciting, talented guys uh, that are just hitting their prime. Um, I think we're at sort of this, this good transition year for, for the passing of the torch for like the, the main stars and the faces of the game. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I think I'm just ready for, for baseball to start. Uh, I don't actually consider the start of the season to be the this year they're starting in Japan a week before everyone else. Yeah, that's not the start of the season. I hate that. Why yeah, do they do that? that? Like I'm I'm all for expanding the the league to, you know, other markets, but why is there a week in between a game and, and the season? I don't know how you feel about it, but it always pisses me off. I don't like that in any sport and I don't like you know, especially especially in football where they go to London in the middle of the season. Um, and, and, but the thing is like, that would make sense in football cause you need the seven days. Right. So, so you could do a Thursday night opening game for the whole season. You could do that in London. You could do that. But like to throw those guys overseas in the middle of the year is annoying to do it at the beginning of the year in baseball, I guess makes sense. But those fans aren't coming out to, like be like, oh man, this is a really big game. They really need this half game, and they can't because it's not really this. It's not. It's not late enough in the season that it matters. It's just an exhibition. So why don't you just go there in March? Why don't you just play spring training games there? The same number of people will come out. They'll get to see more players. You can send more players over. You could you could do like a basically a U.S. versus the world game or series in Japan before the season starts, and you probably have the same you know turnout excitement about the game over there, all that stuff. And you could be a little tricky with rosters, so you could get Ichiro a couple at-bats back overseas. You could get some, uh, you know, pitchers, you know, mostly have been coming over from Japan, but um, but you could get uh, a freer, more fun atmosphere, not like, oh, shit, our first game is in Japan. I totally agree. I think that the comparison to the NFL uh, expansion market type thing is is – a really good point um, because to do it in the middle of the year is unfair to those teams because the rest of the teams are yeah unless all 32 teams are gonna go over there at some point but they don't but they don't add in the same year so it totally messes with their time with their you know sleep schedules and all that yeah 
it also is a less important game because they're playing mm-hmm. fans that are, but with respect to baseball, I, I totally agree. I think it could be played any time throughout the year and essentially either have like a mini world baseball classic, which yeah. has really become super popular in the past couple of years. Or I don't know if you're familiar with the Arizona fall league, but it's a, um, it's a off season league that's made up of minor league players from each team, but they're on the same They're They, they mix them up. So they're not all they're, they're, they're all playing on teams together. Yeah. So like a handful of players from each team will be picked to the Arizona fall league and they will then make up their own teams that are not respective of, of, you know, the general clubs. Right. And so if you could do that with stars and, and send them over or even young guys. So like, you know, their agents don't get pissed, whatever. Right. Um, then it could be really good for promotion, but I just either way, it, it just pisses me off that they actually count these games. It's a week, and then they have these guys just sit around for a week, like whatever, yeah. just during spring training. Anyways, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I guess I'm excited to see. You know, I'm a I'm an unabashed Phillies fan here, but I do somewhat agree with uh, Alex Brown's uh, rant about Bryce Harper a few weeks back on this podcast. And he's, I mean, he's very prima donna, uh, me, 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 it seems at least. He still referenced D.C. at his introduction to Philadelphia uh, press conference. So it kind of, you know, if you want to be really um, defeatist, you'd be like, oh, his head's not in it or whatever. Um, The only thing that gives me pause on that is that he did not, I mean, the overall value of the contract is the most ever. It's going to get beaten in two years anyway. But, um he did take the lower per season money amount because, you know, obviously minimally self-serving, he was looking to go after Trout in a super interfering way anyway, but, but they can still sign, um, you know, a couple of other uh, free agents or, you know, they could, they have, they have flexibility with money going forward. And that's something that the Nats didn't really seem to have. So maybe he's missing that a little bit. But now, I mean, now he can do that. I like the, the Phillies lineup a lot. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Phillies fan. Um, I think we could use another arm, but uh, at least there's the room to do that. So I'm excited for that. And I'm also excited to see um, if this, if last year, last couple years can start um, the one thing that I think baseball needs, which is a dominating dynasty type team. And I think that Boston is really poised to kind of take that mantle, but there's so much cream at the top. Yeah. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if they can stay up top. I think that uh, <laughs> with respect to the, to the, the Bryce stuff, I mean, Al Brown rant, rant specialist. I mean, he is phenomenal when it comes to rants. Um, I think that the criticism of Bryce is a little misguided. I think Ooh, okay. play. And I think he's just been in the spotlight since he was, you know, 14 years old, pretty much. Um, I watched that that press conference and everyone's making a huge deal of him saying DC, but what's just funny. What I took away the whole time was before that he just kept saying Philly, 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 Philly. He was saying all the right things. That's true. Every single question was, "What do you think?" Like, talk about the fans, talk about this, and he was saying everything right. Yeah, um, I'll give you that. It's like, let's get let's get those let's get the boats down South Street. Blah 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 blah. He wanted, I mean he was doing it all and then it just i think went into default like one time and that slip up is all people are going to talk about yeah that being said i think that the the point you made about him taking the lower aav is really interesting because most players the in this day and age we don't think of that um we don't think of them 
sort of making concessions yeah. uh, in this free agent market because especially where they want the biggest and best and biggest and longest, especially with Boris. Um, yeah. The fact that he wanted one record and didn't care for the others, he wanted the longest and biggest deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in order to do that, he really spread it out and went much longer than the, the longest con- contract or at least extension, um, right. not including extensions. And he did so in a way that his annual salary isn't even in the top 10 and won't be in the top 10 in a year. Um, yeah. It's, I think he's going to be top 14 um, or something like that. I saw And that just, you know, I think that that is a testament to Bryce. I think that it's funny that he's uh, already recruiting Trout. And I think that's perfectly <laughs> legit. Blatantly. I, I think you yes, I think blatantly you, recruiting him. The whole tampering thing, if it's a player doing it to other players, I say, what the hell? Just go for it. They want these guys to come. They're friends. They're, they're already talking yeah. every day on their phones and stuff like that. Like, why not be allowed to admit it? I think it, it, tampering comes into play when, when front, age, or front offices start doing it. And that really can get into, like, contractual sort of tampering. Yeah. Uh, and but, it can prove disastrous, as we've seen. with. The- <laughs> oh, man. The, yeah. Like, um, when agents start trying to dictate everything and right. run the front, front offices, yeah, let's just yeah. drop an AD there. But you're um, obviously fooling yourself if you think these guys, like, you, like, do they have a gag order midseason? Like, these, oh, you're not allowed to talk to – what if you came up with somebody, you get traded, you're going to talk to that guy, hey, you should come over here to Cleveland, come over here to, to Cincinnati, whatever – like, obviously, you know, they must think we're idiots. We know that these guys, it's happening in private every day. Um, you know, and I guess it's just, they don't, it's not really that it's that damaging. It's just like, I guess that those leagues just don't want there to seem like there's some hint of collusion. Oh, what a fun word to use these days. Some, <laughs> like, hint of collusion between these guys trying to, like, make super teams on their own. But then again, so what if they do, man? If you want to play with someone, like, if you can make it happen, your voice isn't the only thing that's going to, that's going to, like you saying, like like Bryce Harper saying, I want to play with Mike Trout, doesn't make Mike Trout show up in Philadelphia tomorrow. Correct. There's a hundred different things that have to happen for that to happen. The Angels have to not want him. He has to want to play in Philadelphia. They have to come together on terms. Like there's so much of that. Like obviously if you're a Major League Baseball player and you want to win a fucking title, you want fucking Mike Trout on your team. <laughs> exactly. That's assumed. So. And it's actually – the funny thing is that – MLB is not looking to their 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 concerns with tampering aren't about competitive balance. It's about PR. It's not yeah. like they don't think these players are already uh, recruiting each other behind the scenes and talking to their friends. Yes. It's just like it being in public because they don't like the public perception that then teams are essentially uh, ensuring that they that the competitive balance is not there. Um, but and also with agents, you know, representing two players, like there's no way that that yeah. there's no maneuvering going on in the first place that being said i do understand that uh mlb's uh pr problems have have been a sort of lingering issue for years um and so this one's the one the right now they're trying to take up this mantle and you know so be it but that being said to get back to the content um and uh on your philly stuff i actually think that the phillies are primed to be one of the best teams in baseball i know um just from a standpoint, everyone's going to talk about Bryce, and yeah, Bryce is the biggest addition of any team uh, this offseason. But even before that, before they added Bryce, uh, they had, I think, a, increased by 11 war with their, with their signings of... Segura, uh, yeah. And Segura, McCutcheon, McCutcheon, moving Reese from the outfield to first place, where he was a net negative in the outfield, and is uh, like, a, I think, a positive three war 
player at first, that alone mm-hmm. increases their uh, sort of win output by, you know, they, they went from a, essentially around a 500-ish, well, a little better than 500 team. So they're going to be, you know, a 90-plus win team, uh, I mean, on paper. The whole problem with the NL East is every team is so good, again, excluding mm-hmm. Marlins, that right. it's going to be so hard because um, for any team to then differentiate, differentiate themselves and break away from the pack because they're playing themselves. Yeah. Um, where the Mets have gotten a lot better, they hit the ground running with Brody Van Wagen in, in the Brody Van Wagen era. Uh, I think we got to give them a lot of credit. I thought they were just going to start tanking um, officially and yeah. opposite. I don't know how good Robbie Cano is right now. Mm, um, that's the biggest and, question for them, I think. And they like if they brought in the Robbie Cano of like three years ago and he's hitting 30 bombs and whatever and playing some good second base, then that's great. But if he, you know, if he's on the downside, then they, they took on a contract that they can't really afford. Right. Um, but with the Nats, you have the Nats rotation, which is just, let's talk about this. The Nats rotation right now is, I mean, it starts at the top with Schurz. You got Strasburger who hit or miss. And I mean, he's either a, a superstar or he's a solid number two. Yeah, or he's not there. Or and so even it's on his downside, like if on his off years, he's still a, a freaking beast. Yes, Patrick Corbin is, and I mean everyone heralded him as the biggest signing before the Machado and and Bryce sort of wars finally culminated. But he really is a legitimately good pitcher. He's one of those like super athletic dudes. And if if I'm looking at pitchers, I want to see a couple things. I want to see work ethic i want to see that they have a grasp of the technical aspects um and i want to see just absolute elite athleticism mm. uh, you take someone like a like a trevor bauer who is admittedly not the best athlete but he is so sort of prodigious in his work ethic and being on the cutting edge of utilizing all these like advanced metrics and spin rates and all this and he's created um He's, he's built himself into this player that I think is a Cy Young contender pretty much every year. Uh, then you have guys like, I, I mean, this is going to sound stupid to anyone that doesn't live in Boston, but Joe Kelly, I always loved. I like Joe Kelly, but I live in Boston, <laughs> basically. First of all, he's, he, he, he's a fighter. He's like a, he's like a hockey player dressed in, in a baseball uniform. Yeah. His, his athleticism was the thing that got him by the whole time. So then all he just had to do was put it together. Um, and I think that's like what Patrick Corbin is, but he's a starter, so he's got four pitches. Uh, with the Phillies, you said the arms, I think the arms race in the NL East is really exciting because the Mets with the Grom, Syndergaard, uh, Wheeler and Mets, who, who the hell knows with them? Yeah. But, I mean, they're awesome, but you look at Phillies, Nola, Arietta, who's, you know, maybe not the Cy Young that he was three years ago, is still a legit, legit pitcher. I don't know why Pavetta is number three and, and Vasquez isn't. Um, uh, I think Velasquez has much better stuff. And then you got some high upside guys with Pavetta and Eflin. Um, I'm not sure how long Eikhoff is hurt for, but uh, the kid's shown some, some glimpses of, of some good stuff. I'm just excited for the for the NL East. And we haven't even really touched on the Braves, who I think are – I don't think they were a fluke last year. I think they have an amazing mix of um, 
really exciting young superstar talent. And I, I mean, superstar, I think Acuna could be one of these like generational players. Um, if he, now wait a minute. Now you were, you were in early on Acuna, were you not a couple years ago? I've, I've, I've been uh, a huge fan of his for, uh, a little too long, I think. I think I, I kind of went out on a limb with him and took a flyer and got lucky. But, I mean, I got really lucky. Uh, I've been following him for, for a number of years. And he, um, I actually bought a Braves T-shirt jersey where I had to make up a number because they didn't make one yet <laughs> two years ago. Um, don't do that, guys. Uh, let me tell you. You're going to be stuck with like an Acuna 82 jersey, which makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but when you, when you look at it, you've got guys like Acuna. You've got Ozzy Albies, who I think is, is really exciting to, to watch. You've got um, <sighs> veteran players in Freeman, who's just a beast. Yes. And they re-sign guys like um, uh, Suzuki at b behind the plate is just like this underrated sort of veteran presence and uh, Mark Hickis, who's having like a legit sort of career renaissance. I mean, the guy's putting up numbers at 35 and he's just like this veteran sort of stabilizing force. They've got some young arms. Again, I love young arms. I love prospects. So, it, you know, stop me if, if you've heard this before, but <laughs> like they've got some really exciting guys like Fulty and, um, Newcomb could be good. Julio Tehran. I mean, I, I've Julio Tehran and Kevin Gossman. I've, I've, I've been wanting them to become live up to their potential for years. But as I say about Tehran, it's been a while for him. People have been waiting a couple of years for him. And and he just I, at this point, I don't know. But yeah. that being said, anyway. So the NL East. What I would say is, I honestly think that of all the teams, um, I really think that even though. You have some of the best teams in the NL overall stacked in one division because they're all in the same division. I don't think you're going to have more than one team come out of that. And so I honestly think that at this point, I think it's going to be Philly. Okay. I'm not just saying that because of you. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> I think that it, I think Kapler is, is a better manager than people give him credit for. And, and hopefully uh, he, he can keep that up for the for the whole year. I love their ownership group. I think that it's. I think they've got the whole the total package. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, going back, so I'm going to focus a lot on the NL because I'm an AL guy, and so I'm just sick of talking about the AL. But you tell me what you want. Um, I think that uh, there's a couple teams that people aren't really thinking about that much. I think St. Louis, everyone's talking about the Dodgers and everyone loves Milwaukee as they should because the Brewers are amazing. Colorado um, every year could be the, that, that sort of elite team. But I was looking at it and what's, what's not really being talked about a lot is St. Louis has some of the best young arms in the game. Michaelis was, uh, he's not young, but he, he was, he's, he's new to the league. He was this, you know, steal out of Japan. Uh, or Korea, I forget where, when he's just come out and, and been a legit number one. I think Jack Flaherty is right now their number two. I don't know if he's number two in their rotation, but he is their second best pitcher. And that's saying a lot. The dude is primed to be an ace in the next couple of years. It all depends on if he puts it together right now. Um, I'm not sure how injured Carmart is, but when he's healthy, dude can throw. Alex Reyes could be an X factor. He's been, you know, their, their top prospect for years got suspended last year for, 
non-PED stuff, I think. Um, I'm pretty sure it was pot, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, it shouldn't even count. Exactly. Well, exactly. But uh, <laughs> he lost a year. His, his, his stuff is 100 miles an hour easy. So that being said, and they, they got um, freaking Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. That is not talked about enough. Paul Goldschmidt, one of the best players in the league, is now in the outfield, um, or rather at first base uh, in St. Louis, and that is amazing. So you don't think that that division is – you had four teams over 500 in that division last year. You, don't, you think that – do you think that the Cubs hang on? Do you think that – because you have Milwaukee, I think you said, not to be a spoiler, but I think you said you have Milwaukee probably in the series. I do. So do you think that we get three playoff teams out of that division? I don't. I actually think that uh, it comes down to the end of the of the season, and I think that St. Louis and Milwaukee come out of that, um, and that the, the the Cubs fall short. Sorry, Cubby. Oh wow. Sorry, Cubby fans. Oh, um, is it, won't Ben Perlman be upset about that? Obviously. Is he a Cubs guy? Oh yeah. Yeah, He's that's a what I saw. And a, and a Green Bay guy. I don't yeah, understand. That's weird. Why. Well, front runners all over the place, Foxy. What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, that being said, he did take me to the Cubs-Sox game at Fenway a couple years ago, so that was pretty fun. Wonderful, wonderful. Phillies are at the Sox this year, so I'll be going to that for oh, sure. Oh, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, that's going to be – and you know what? And it's in, it's in August as well, so those games are going to matter. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And um, the, the West in the yeah. NL, because we've, we've, we've done the East, we've done the Central basically – the West is intriguing now with uh, Machado, obviously, in that division in San Diego. But does he make up that much of the difference that they need as far as – they were 30 games under 500 last year. So Yeah. So uh, he's not going to – he alone is not going to uh, bridge that gap. But um, I'm really excited for San Diego without – even before they added Machado, mm. they've had this young talent that's just been on the cusp for years with uh, – Guys like Margot and Renfro, they're they're not thought of as as elite, but they are they are really solid players who are, you know, have the potential to be twenty home run, twenty steal kind of guys. Well, not Renfro, but um, they've got some really exciting young arms, and then they've got an amazing farm system. So with with San Diego, I think that they could be on the cusp of. I mean, their arms are. Lucchese, who outplayed his, his potential last year, and, and Robbie Erlin is, yeah. They, they could use some better arms, I'm not going to lie. But I think that they will uh, put up a good fight, but they're, they're not there yet. They're, they're a couple years away, I'd say. Um, Luis Perdermo is in the, in the back end of their rotation, if not in their pen, but he throws 100-plus miles an hour. Mm. Um, scary good. Hello? Oh, you cut out, Foxy. Oh, brother. See what happens. Oh, damn. Yep. Yeah, dude. Were you still talking? My internet cut out. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no worries. I don't know if it was still recording or not. Maybe it was. You might have just been going on a tirade. I'm not going to cut it out of the podcast. I don't have time for that nonsense. Whatever. We'll just so, let people hear what really happens when you record podcasts. We'll leave you a peek behind the curtain. Um, I like it. When I, when, I, when I cut out, you were at um, San Diego still. Oh, okay, yeah. So I think that San Diego is exciting as hell and is going to be fun to watch because they've got a lot of really young talent that could be good. Um, but I don't think they're – I think they're a couple years away. Okay. I think, um, that, that division is still, uh, is still wholly controlled, controlled by L.A. and Colorado. I think that this year 
the division will go through Colorado, and I think the Dodgers will make it in the playoff game as a wild card. Um, but I think that uh, Colorado will be the team that uh, is in the ALDS, and I think um, St. Louis will play Philly, uh, have St. Louis having beaten LA in the playoff game. That's the playing game. I think that they're the that 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 conference is stacked, but at the same time, they have enough disparity in the good teams and the bad teams that two teams can come out of that division. Um, this does feel like that kind of classic Dodgers two World Series in a row get so close, step back year. I don't think they did enough to kind of get over the hump as forever whatever that is they need to make this World Series thing a reality. Um, and now you've got this worry about Kershaw and you got the swing and a miss with the short term in late on Bryce thing. Do they have – what's their ceiling this year? I guess you're saying they're going to make it just to that play-in game. But is there any way – I mean, we, I don't know what we're looking at when it comes to trade deadline or whatever, and we know that they can be buyers. Is there is there anything that – a move that you think they could make maybe later in the season, if they're training towards that wild card playing game that could maybe put them over the hump. Yeah. I mean that ownership group and like they never count them out for, for being there on acquisitions. I think that they're going to be primed for the position where they're going to need to be buyers and they will be huge buyers at the deadline. I don't know who's going to be available yet, but you've got some really, yeah, it's too early to tell with that. Yeah. But then again, you've got some just to like, you know, speculate out. I think like Verlander could be a guy that would be a trading block piece because he's like a year or two away from free agents. Things like that, like that make no sense right now, but could become things that uh, people are, are talking about midseason. Um, but for to answer your question, I think that the Dodgers, between Walker Bueller, um, Belly, I think is is a legit good player that they can build on going into the future. I think Jock Peterson has mm-hmm. some potential. I mean, they've got some, they've got some good young talent. I think that they are the bills of the nineties and they're just yeah. going to keep getting to the, the playoffs and just maybe never going over that, that um, maybe not just not, not ever getting there. Um, I think the Dodgers right now, I mean the, uh, I think the Rockies right now have uh, a really good chance of taking over this division now they've locked up Arenado for a long for the long term. I think Trevor Story is gonna is prime for a big year. I think John Gray um, is a legit number one, um, and uh, Herman Marquez or however you say that name. And people don't think John Gray is their number one. In my head, John Gray is their number one. Um, Herman Marquez and Freeland, those guys could be good. It's just, I, I think that they've got. Um, and oh, and Charlie Blackman, who did not show up last year, was a stud. Um, I think the uh, the Rockies are primed to to take over that division for the year for the next few years. What I forgot to say about the Padres is this may be an absolute batshit prediction, or correct me if I'm wrong, but I really think that Will Myers is Christian Yelich 2.0. He's two years uh, away. Oh, buddy. <laughs> did, I just, did I just ruin my entire uh, <laughs> credibility there? No, but I mean, Yelich came out of nowhere. So, I mean, it's, it, if you're saying he's 2.0, that follows the blueprint, right? So Yeah. He, uh, Yelly for years was just kind of um, languishing in the, in the Marlins, but he was always putting up solid numbers. He, he could hit 20 bombs and had potential for more. He 
could be a 300 hitter. Um, and Will Myers is the exact same way. He's always been that guy with that hit tool and that easy power. Um, and I think he just needs to put it together. And it, it, it may or may not happen in San Diego, but um, I just the way Yelich's career sort of progressed, I think I see similarities um, in, in Will Myers. Uh, and, and I wouldn't be surprised, let's say, if yeah. in a year or two he was sort of, he, he presented himself as, as one of those elite, elite players. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you, and I, 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 I'm asking this for obvious reasons and it's minimally greedy of me. Do you think that the angels, I'm jumping leagues here cause we do need to cover some AL. I think so. Yeah. Do you think that the angels, do you think that Mike Trout finishes his career as an angel or do you think that he moves this year or next year? Does his willingness or his unwillingness to discuss contract when they want to basically preseason, sometimes in season, does that hurt him? I, I don't think it does cause he's the best player in baseball. So whatever. Um, but he has a full no trade but I could see some teams as the angels are kind of on the cusp, you know, basically a 500 team last year, kind of on the upswing a little bit, Pujols showing a little bit of life in spring training. So a little, the minimal amount of life. Um, so I could see them wanting him to finish that contract, but do, do you think that any teams, and I'm not necessarily saying the Phillies because there's going to be other buyers. Do you see teams trying to throw the house at them try to improve them in other areas to try to get a crack at him, whether it's a rental that turns into a long-term deal, or do you think that he winds up being in and we have this free agency kerfuffle the same way we just had with Harper? I think it's going to be the latter. And the, the thing about Trout is he is the best player of our generation. Mm, he, and, and the angels have had him for almost a decade they, the fact is that he alone can make them an amazing team. And they've tried, their front agent, or their, their front office has tried several times to, to add the pieces to, to get that team over the hump. But they have had Trout for this entire time, and they have been god-awful. Yeah. The most exciting thing that they have, is, you know, in addition to Trout, has been Shohei. And he's going to be fun as hell to watch. But um, I think that with, with the Trout situation, I love – when, when sort of all-time generational talents play one play for one team, regardless of the sport, their entire career. I think it's okay. The, yeah, I love that about you know it, it makes a an already like great career that much cooler when it's a it's a start to finish same team same uniform kind of kind of guy. And I'd love to see that with Trout, but at the same time, I think that he is such a diehard. Uh, Philly fan in every respect. Yeah. And he's such a, uh, I, I, I think that he's just like this, this humble dude. Mo- money's not going to sway him. The angels want to, to lock him up and will throw 400 million, 500 million at him. And they, and he's, I don't think he, he needs to take it because he can get that money in free agency from anywhere. Any other team, any other team will pay him whatever the other teams are. are well, yeah, offering. They're going to have to, if they want him. Right. He's going I mean, to be the one guy I think that can truly dictate his entire market. Yeah. Um, even way more so than, than Bryce or Machado. Um, and I just think that his, his entire life has been geared towards not just playing, you know, at the, at the highest level, but playing 
on a winner, which he hasn't been able to do yet, mm. and play for Philly. I swear. I mean, I think that there was a hundred percent chance he went there before Bryce. Now I think there's a hundred and twenty percent chance. Look, I'm a lawyer. I'm not a mathematician. I believe there might be some statistical error there. I don't think you can have about uh, higher than a hundred, but he's gonna be. <laughs> that being said, um, the Angels. I'm, <laughs> I don't think their ownership will ever allow them to be that good because they're going to overspend for bad talent. Okay. Talent. That's, that's just sort of like their MO. Yeah. The, the AL West, uh, I, I just think that AL West is Houston all the way. The Astros yeah, the are Seattle just, and Oakland seem overachieving to me. Yeah. I mean, Seattle did have that uh, really um, exciting, you know, under, uh, appreciated signing of, of I think, uh, Kikuchi, I want to say, I don't know how to pronounce Kikuchi, it. Kikuchi, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and I saw him uh, in his first spring training start was hitting 96 easy, which is always fun to see. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, that team just, they're, they're, they're not that good. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the Angels, not, they're, they're just – they're they're not they're not gonna get any better. I think that Houston has the best, the it, either the best or the second best rotation in in the AL. Verlander, Cole, um, they uh, if they if they re-sign Keuchel, I mean, come on, they have some ridiculous uh, position players. I think Bregman is uh, if Trout didn't exist or Trout weren't weren't playing, I think Bregman is one hundred percent the AL MVP this year. Um, oh wow! I, he's he's my he's my I, I hate to say sleeper because I think Trout just wins will win it every year that he's playing and he's healthy. Yeah, um, but I think that Bregman is about to be, if not already there, um, needs to be considered in that conversation every year. He's that good. Okay. Um, I think that uh, the I think Oakland is is fun. They don't have the pitching. Um, I think that they uh, they got they 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 outperformed last year, but um, they're a fun team to and you can never count out any Billy Bean team. Um, with uh, the so I mean I think that it's Houston um, yeah, all the way. I would agree with that. With respect to the uh, AL Central, I mean for years it's kind of been owned and and, and operated by the Indians um, with the rest of the league just kind of, you know. Yeah, they're – since Kansas City won the World Series, it's just – that's been no a other division. Yeah. Exactly. And you so that changes I'm, this year or is that going to continue? Well, I really want it to change. I <laughs> yeah. really, really want the Twins to be good. I want the Twins to be better than, um, than they really are on paper. Yeah. I think they made some really interesting signings. I think Marvin Gonzalez is exciting. I think Rocco Baldelli as a, as a manager is going to be awesome. I think yeah. Jose Barrios uh, – could be a Cy Young guy um, if he puts it all together. He's that good. Um, but you, you kind of they, – they need a little more. I mean, you can't just have one good player, one, one good pitcher. Um, but I think that uh, – I think they're really trending in the right direction. Um, and I – look, as much as – just like the, the Padres in the NL, I think the White Sox are going to be one of the most fun teams to watch. I don't think they're going to be the best team. Yeah. <laughs> actually far from that but they have some amazing young talent i think between their um 
system and there are guys who are who are now two or three years in with like Yon Mankata and you're you're about to have Eloy come up who I think is going to be the uh, AL rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Everyone's harping on Vlad and I'm I think Vladdy's you know Vladdy Jr. is going to be one of the more exciting players to watch for years yeah. to come. For I some th- reason, I just think Yasiel Puig when I think of him. And I don't know why. And there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. You mean between uh, Eloy? No, and, no, no, no. Uh, With Vlad, Vlad and, uh, and Yasiel, I think, are very similar. And I, and I, I think Eloy yeah, also makes that, falls into that, um, that comparison. Uh, they, I think, you know, you can't really learn from a better teacher than Vlad Sr. Yeah, that's true. One of the best hitters of all time, best bad ball hitters. Mm-hmm. Put the bat on the ball in any possible way. On a bounce. It's amazing. Um, but I think that uh, I, I think that the White Sox with Eloy, they have they have a guy named Luis Robert, who I uh, I really love, like um, ridiculously talented, ridiculously athletic Cuban defects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luis Robert has been uh, injured for the past couple of years, but I think that if he stays healthy, he will be the number one. He'll, he'll, he's going to rocket up everyone's prospect lists um, into, into the top five conversation um, in, in, in all the minors. But uh, with their pitching, I know um, Kopech's out for the year, but even still, they've got Fulmer. They've got um, Rodon. They, uh, they're, they've got some good arms – for a while, uh, Ronaldo Lopez keeps underperforming as does Giolito. But I think, and then Dylan Covey had like his little, his little, you know, um, cup of coffee last year. Where I don't know if you know this, but Dylan Covey, he hadn't played in a couple of years because he was injured. But he was drafted one position, one spot behind Chris Sale. That's the. Oh, that's really. The, I think that I think that that's true, and so when he came out last year and started winning like six games in a row, and no one had ever heard of him, um, I think there was a little more to it than just this fluke thing. Then again, he he sort of fizzled, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that the White Sox, though, they've got so much young talent um, that the pieces are there for them to, if they can get some momentum this year and start winning a couple more games, they could be really exciting to watch in 2020, 2021. Um, and I'm really excited about that. All right. The, let, let, now let's get, let's get to the real, the real bread and butter. Let's go to hey, AL East. Yeah, let's go to the East. Cause I don't, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's a two team race, right? Yeah. I mean, for, yeah, for, for all intents and purposes, it's, it's the Yanks. And the Sox, I think the Rays are fun, but um, and, yeah, and they're and they're they're definitely a force to be reckoned with. Uh, they play both the Yankees and the Red Sox incredibly well, but yes. Other than that, um, it really is the Yankees who I think have improved themselves a lot this year, and they were already a hundred win team, and the Red Sox who I think they they won one hundred and eight regular season, one hundred nineteen total last year their starting line their starting rotation is sale price porcillo and evaldi and evaldi is a legit guy now yeah um he's a man i think that he's not a fluke i think the stuff is there and the, the heart is there um with the position players i mean aaron judge is i think going to be an mvp type guy for years to come he is just a beast of a human being 
Um, and he plays a badass right field. No one talks about his defensive skills. He is like a gold glove type guy that you don't think about. Um, if, if I had to pick between right fielders, though, I'd obviously go with Mookie. Uh, mm. But and JBJ in center. That being said, the Yankees have players at every position that rival that of their, their counterpart on the Sox. And I just I think that it'll be another battle um, down to the end. But this year, I think the Yankees will win the division and the Sox will make it uh, as a wild card. Um, Do you think that – and I'm skeptical because of just his recent history, but – how do you feel about Pedroia this year? If it's another injury, does he hang it up? Is I mean, he, the kid's got – you can't call him a kid anymore, but, um, you know, he's like five feet tall. So <laughs> Exactly. Um, but, you know, I feel like he's got really good manager written all over him, and that's kind of just – we've been waiting for that to happen for a while because you haven't seen him on the field. You constantly see him in the dugout. He's cheering the guys on. He's a great clubhouse guy, I'm sure. Do you think that this is his last hurrah, potentially? I, I hate to say this, but I think his last hurrah already happened. Wow. Um, I mean, I'm, I really want to see him uh, end his career on a high note. I know he's dying to get back out there. But like you said, right now, I see him as a player coach and the, and the emphasis on the coach side. Yeah. I think he's primed to, to follow an Alex Cora type path. Uh, but I think he's in that part of his career where he is 100% the veteran and he doesn't realize that that is his role. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna try, and I think the I think Core is gonna insert him into the lineup as an everyday player, even if he's not there. Even if at this point Brock Holt is probably a better option for the Sox. But um, I think that this I think that uh, the sun is setting on on Pedroia's playing career. I hope that's not the case, but I really think that the injuries have been uh, pretty overwhelming. Yeah. Old. Um, but that, then again. You can never count the laser show out. The dude just plays with all heart. He plays with like broken bones every year for like the yeah. entire. Um, He's the Marcus Smart of the. Of the I was gonna say. I think that we need a Marcus Smart uh, type prize. Yeah. For <laughs> for, for baseball. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, just to, to get to you know, prediction wise, I think we've pretty much touched on it. We've been all over the place, but um. Yeah, I agree with all your basic predictions. I don't see. Uh... Let me get back to my divisions up here, but I don't, I don't see, you know, I'm, I'm the only thing I would disagree with is, you know, you could switch Boston and the Yankees and that's going to come down to the last day as it always does or last week. Um, you have to get <laughs> because of, because of the rules of baseball, five teams have to make the playoffs in the NL. There's only like six good teams in the NL though, or in the AL though. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'd like to see Minnesota step up and take that second wild card from Oakland just because I think they've been on the come up for a long time. Oakland was exciting last year. They, they were well over 500, but I, I still just feel of them as very fluky. Um, and I'll give you the NL too, Philly, Milwaukee, where you went St. Louis, LA, Colorado, basically. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's, this feels like, no one made any crazy no real reaches. really on the doorstep except for San Diego. No one went above and beyond and we're like, oh, wow, we made moves that are going to equate a 20-game swing for us to come from the basement up into a wild card one or two. I think, right? yeah, I think that, that sort of the shoot the moon type crazy predictions would be a Tampa Bay Rays wild card and a um, like Minnesota – being better than Indians, but I, I, I just yeah. think that's going to be the case. Um, 
the, I'm, I'm looking at, at, at the divisions and the problem with, I want to say the Reds could be fun to watch, but I don't think they are. No, they're um, not. <laughs> they're not. I'm, I'm really excited for Nick Senzel, but that's pretty much all I have uh, with, the, with the Reds. And Yasiel Puig, wherever Yasiel Puig plays is just going to be fun, but they're not going to be good. I think that there's the potential for Puig to overrun that city and that team in a really bad way. You think his personality is a little is a little too much? It's yeah, man. I mean, you got some silent assassins on that team, Scooter Jeanette, yeah, and uh, Joey Votto, and those guys have been playing great baseball, kind of in futility for quite some time without the spotlight, and now it's all spotlight. Yeah, um, and he's not. They're not. You know, he's batting third. They're not. They're not shying away from having him on the team in any way, shape, or form. And if he beca- if he's the personality of your team, he's the most out, you know, out outward personality on the team. I've yet to see anything from his time in Los Angeles that makes that bode well for the team that he's on. I agree. I think that's a, that's a pretty valid point. I think his personality at times outshines his performance and. Uh, I don't know if a Midwestern city uh, will will handle that type. Yeah, of Yeah, he's a coast guy. Yeah, right. He's a New York. Come if you're gonna do it like that, if you're gonna be that brash, do it under the brightest lights. Yeah, he, it, it, the, he sort of fizzled in L.A. Otherwise, he'd still be there. I don't want him on Boston. I don't want him in Philly. Yeah, but he's got like a Mets Yankees kind of personality. Come here and get humbled, son. You know what I mean? Hollywood was perfect for him. Hollywood was a perfect place for him. Yeah. Um, But just getting to like awards, let's, let's just throw these. I think that right now they're not unlike the divisions. There were pretty much front runners for every award. Mm. And there are guys knocking on the doorstep that could sort of um, overtake them. But I I really think it's, it's pretty going to, it's pretty much going to be pretty predictable. I think Cy Young's, uh, in the NL, I think it's it's Scherzer's to lose, even though Degrom had the best year, year you know, ever. Scherzer is a 300 strikeout guy, and he's always going to be in the running. And I think yep. that that that's pretty safe. I think Chris Sale, um, every, he's the I think he's the surefire bet. But the craziest thing about this is, do you know how many Cy Young uh, awards Chris Sale's won? One zero. None zero. Wow. Chris Sale has never won the Cy Young. And that is, to me, a travesty. Um, that can't be right. Are you sure is. about that? I am. <laughs> exactly. That's how surprising it is. He has never won the Cy Young. And so, for him, he is a Cy Young pitcher. He is a Cy Young pitcher. I think that it has any year has to be his then. Oh, um, my God. He's only ever been top six. Seven years in a row, top six. Insane. Yeah, that is insane. Like there's no way that is, that is one of the most surprising stats that I, I was just like, what the hell? How is Chris Sale not? That being said, um, I think that Blake Snell and Degrom, both last year's Cy Young winners, yeah, could also easily be in the con. But I I think that the safest bets, um, if I were going to Vegas right now and putting money down, I'd put on Scherzer and I put on Sale. Okay. Um, same thing with the MVP. Trout. I'd, I'd go Trout and I'd go Arenado. Yeah. Um, but if I were to play devil's advocate there and, and go um, with the, I would say Bregman would be my hope for, for MVP because the league would be, would be really good with having a personality like Bregman. Yeah. Uh, in. And I really, really, really want 
uh, Ronald Acuna to continue where he left off. Yes. And if he does, I think he's an MVP type player. Um, okay. Rookie of the year. Most people don't care about it. I love it. It's just so hard to predict, man. You never know. Some dude's going to come up in June, play, have a hot four months, and then all of a sudden he's rookie of the year. You know what I mean? It's tough to predict. Then again, last year you could it – was, it was pretty easy to predict um, the Juan Soto slash Acuna debate. Just You just didn't know who came up when. So yeah. uh, this year, similar to that, I think that the AL East – or um, the uh, AL rookie of the year is going to be between Eloy – and Vladdy, like we said, and I think yeah. who has light tower power, legitimately, it's like straight out of the natural. I don't know if you've seen this YouTube clip from last year where he's uh, taking batting practice and he literally hit the ball into the light stanchion in center field and exploded a light. It is so cool. Okay. He has some of the best power in baseball right now. And if he, if he gets um, the at-bats, I think that Eloy runs away with it. I think the NL... I already said Flaherty, but I don't actually think Flaherty will be uh, in the running. I think it's going to be a two two player race. It's going to be between Nick Senzel on the Reds, um, although they're putting him in center field and he's a natural infielder. Mm-hmm. That could hurt it. And then depending on when Fernando Tatis Jr. comes up in San Diego, that these these guys the talent there is just, I mean, it is as legit as any in the years past. So I'm excited for to see these young guys. I, I don't know when they'll be called up. Um, I think it's ridiculous that teams can hold out till April just yeah. to keep the years of service, but I think that'll be addressed in the next collective bargaining agreement. Um, cool. Yeah, I think, it, uh, I think it's going to be fun as hell to watch. All right. Let's do this. I'm going to name some free agents because that's the, the other biggest uh, kind of headline of this season so far as you know, who may not be playing this season, who doesn't have a team yet. I'm going to name some free agents. We'll do maybe 10 or so. We got time. Um, I got a solid list here, and there's some names on this list that are surprising, um, and that's the story. But I'm going to name some guys. You tell me. I'll tell you their 2018 team. All right. Tell me if that team resigns them. They go somewhere else. Well, not if they go somewhere else, but who could use them if they're not going to resign with their old team? Absolutely. Or if, or if they go unsigned. I like it. Maybe until like a you know, yeah. mid-year type of thing. So, and we're going to go alphabetically. Hit me. Um, because that's the easiest way to do this. There's surprising names on here. Uh, let's go with Joey Bats. Jose Batista played, you know, not great for the Phillies last year, but people are always intrigued by his bat. The the dude can hit. Yeah. He's, uh, I mean, I well, he can I, hit him far. He can't hit him often. True. I was sad to see him uh, leave Toronto in the way he did, uh, and I think that his career. I mean, I could see him being. Uh, on the Indians, like in like an uh, Encarnacion type guy, mm. I see him getting at most one year one year deals now, and the, yeah. and the and the and the money coming down. I don't see him on the Phillies. I don't see him. I don't know where he's going to play. And I when I when I see players of his talent uh, go from essentially you know being in the top league leaders in production output to then going and being hard to sign for multi years. Yeah. I start to question whether or not there's some other things, there are variables at play that we can't. Ah. Uh, okay. Um, but I think he's getting older. I don't know. I think power is something that the, that the league has in spades. So um, I don't. Yeah, so if that's that. your only thing, then it's not. If that's your, if you that's your thing, they, you can get cheaper options. Right. Options. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what I. 
I don't think he's one of the guys that ends up being like a, a minor league deal somewhere, but I bet he gets, you know, if Moustakas is getting a one-year $9 million deal, like how can, how can Joey Bats get more than that? That's, that's what yeah, – he's not going to get paid wherever he goes. Exactly. So it's that like a one-year $4.5 million come in – I think so. And, type of thing. and it'll just be as long as his ego lets him do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this. Uh, Bartolo Colon was on the Rangers last year. You think he signs anywhere this year? I love Bart. Yeah, same. going to sign somewhere because – Everyone, baseball needs Bartolo. Okay. Um, I think he'll, you know, as camp goes, um, he'll sign a one-year deal. I think he's getting – he's 45. Yeah. The dude is 45 years old, but he's still <laughs> one of the most entertaining players in baseball. I heard an amazing story yesterday where uh, they were talking about – I think it was on Intentional Talk on MLB, and I forget who they were interviewing, but he was he was talking about – one year in spring training, the the game, Bartolo's the starter uh, slated to start that day. The game's about to start and Bartolo hasn't even shown up. <laughs> Suddenly, the outfield doors open where like the um, lawnmowers usually come out. Yeah. And a Range Rover just drives onto the field, into the outfield. Three guys come out. Bartolo is in uniform, <laughs> having come from home, <laughs> bound, and strikes out three players. Like... <laughs> He's never going to get old. He's just, I think he'll sign somewhere. I could see him signing with um, the Rangers again. I think that that's uh, sort of where he belongs right now. That's kind of it, right? Yeah. I think any team will take him. It's just a matter of what he'll take. Yeah. Cause, but he, he's, a, he's a great presence. Okay. He's Bartolo. I beg any team to sign him. GMs, please sign Bartolo. <laughs> the man needs to play. <laughs> um. Evan Gaddis, catcher for the Astros last year. Yeah. Uh, so I would have said he goes back to the Astros, but they have um, they have McCann. I, do they still have them? Does, is McCann still on, on the Astros? Let me check Gattis, my uh, – I can see Gaddis being um, in ALDH, uh, but, again, aging bats. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see him either be on the Astros because he's a great presence there, or where he started out, which was the Braves. Um, again, they have um, Kata Suzuki, who uh, I think is this great presence. But at the same time, uh, Gaddis was great there, and the, the city loves him. So, I don't uh, know. The Astros have Kyrnos at catcher, uh, not McCann. But I, I would assume McCann is still on that roster, no? I, 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 think, I, mean, I, I don't know. I thought so. Let me look. Maybe he's on this list somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Is he? No, nah, he's not a free. He's not a free agent. Yeah, no. Um, Carlos Gomez is a free agent, but I mean, I think he probably falls into that power vacuum that we've been talking about. So let's just skip him. Yeah. Um, oh, Gio Gonzalez was on the Brewers last year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everyone can use an arm. Yeah. I think Philly, uh, Philly yeah. needs to make a call. Yeah, I, I feel it would be a great place for him. Mm. It, it all depends on what these guys are asking. Every team can use any one of these guys. It's just like the fact that you still have, and I'm just going to jump ahead to Kimbrell, the fact that he's still yeah. out there. He's, he's a top three closer in the league, but no one's going to pay, you know, 85. Even 85 at five is yeah. too For a guy who plays one-ninth of the game sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. And, and especially like – 
people thought that he was a little inconsistent at the end and whatever. Um, he was tipping his pitches or whatever. He's just not going to command what he's asking for, and he's going to go unsigned. I think that – Wow. Is that a prediction? I, the, the words coming out of the, his camp were that he would you know, hold out if he didn't get the, the offers he wanted. I, I, that came out, and then, and then they were, it was immediately sort of um, denied by his, his uh, agents. But, I, I mean, unless he takes a one-year deal, I don't see him signing because he wants that $100 million deal, and he's holding out for something that's not there. Yeah. Um, All right. There are, there are a lot of really good young arms, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, for obvious reasons, Chase Headley is a uh, free agent. You think anyone picks him up? No. No. Okay. Um, Matt Holiday is a free agent. You think anyone picks him up? He's old. He's old. Um, I, great clubhouse no. guy. Yeah, great clubhouse guy. Uh, I, I could see him like on the Cardinals as like a backup. Um, back home. Yeah, just, just, but, but these guys have to be willing to take this back seat. They're used yeah. to being the starters and. Uh, you know, if they're if they're fine being veteran, uh, you know, veteran presences instead of uh, actual on-field players. You know. Yeah. All right. Let me skip around and we'll do bigger names last. All right. Cool. Um, let's do uh, Jose Reyes. He's a bigger name. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I got I got a few more bigger names. Because uh, yeah, because uh, Jose Reyes. Uh, I I mean, the best thing for him would be. If the Marlins front office called and said, "Hey, we've got a lot of bad young talent. Yeah, um, can you come and and wow, and, really good call, great call." Uh, I, I I don't think he's going to be um, producing anywhere with the level that he'll be happy with. Yeah, uh, and I don't think teams are going to sign him for you know big money, as value. So right. Uh, do you think that Ryan Madsen will ruin a World Series for anyone this year? Obviously. Who's it going to be? <laughs> uh, I'd say Madsen's going to be – I don't know why, but I feel he's a Rocky. So Okay. Um, we'll do one more, then we'll get into the big names. Uh, why – is James Shields is 37 years old? Why did I think he was younger? Oh, no, he's, he's old as fuck. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. The dude, the dude uh, has been – I mean, he's just been consistent forever, but he's been injured the last couple of years. He's the type of guy, he's, uh, you know, an Adam Wainwright, but he's older than Adam, Adam Wainwright even. Um, I think Shields, is, is his career is probably done. I think he should be a, a, a pitching coach. I hate to say it. Okay. Um, but, I, I mean, I love, I'd love to see him healthy um, and, and play one more good year, but he's, he's pretty old. All right. Here are your big guys. And uh, I think you probably know who both of them are because um, we haven't talked about him yet. I would have thrown Kimberl in there, but you skipped ahead. That's fine. Let's start with Keuchel. So the, the rumor now is that he probably signs back with the Astros, but do you think anyone swoops in last minute? So that would make a ton of sense. I really uh, think that it would be interesting if the Phillies jumped in. Hey. Like, they, need that, they need that one extra arm. Yeah, the they thing, do. Ah, oh, you froze again. This is the joy of podcasting. Yeah, you're cutting it out. Hang on a sec, bud. Hang on a second, Foxy. All right, sorry. No, it's not your fault. I think it's my fault. Whatever. But again, I don't like editing, so we're just going to leave it in the podcast as is. <laughs> I might cut some silence around it, but other than that, we're just going to keep going. Uh, all right, so yeah, we're doing. We're in. Uh, we're talking about Keuchel. You said Keuchel, Phillies, so, that's where you cut out. Okay, so uh, the thing with the thing with Keuchel is, I think he'd be an incredibly interesting ad uh, for the Phillies. The problem with the Keuchel market is 
GMs love the high radar gun guys, and that's just mm. not him. Yeah, uh, they're they're not willing. They're they're much less willing to give the five plus year contracts to guys who throw low nineties. The thing is, though, he is a brilliant um, control guy and has the best ground ball rate in the in the majors over the past five years. The dude just gets ground balls, um, and we, ground balls win. I mean, yeah. that's he's he's a winning pitcher, um, and his type of of style doesn't fade. Yeah, you know, speed speed arms they slow down. A control guy doesn't mm-hmm. lose control. Hey, Jamie Moyer controlled seriously nibbled the plate till he was fifty nine years old. So exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, my yeah. Case in point. So um, I think that. Uh, because the market is, has, has lasted this long, I think that it's likely he just goes back to Houston, which mm. would be great for them. I mean, they 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 pretty much have the best uh, rotation in baseball, even better than the Nats at that point. But I really would um, not be surprised if someone like the Phillies jumped in. Okay, because be uh, obviously I wouldn't mind that. Um, the rumor is that the Astros have made. Offers to him one year and two year, but maybe, I mean, he's only 31. He should be probably, yeah. you would think he's looking for a five, six. I think that's what I think. I think I heard at the beginning of the offseason, I heard eight years and that's just stupid. No, um, that's dumb. No, yeah. no, 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 no. 39 year old pitchers aren't fucking grown on trees. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, and finally, uh, my boy, Adam Jones, oh, obviously a uh, whole career with the Orioles, right? Yep. Bar. Yeah. Um, and center fielders, that are the hit for power and can and have good defense aren't grown on trees either. Yeah. So, I mean, who I, do you think he goes? I don't think he goes back to Baltimore. I think he's too big for Baltimore. So, so that's the thing is I think, uh, I don't see him anywhere, but Baltimore. Um, really? I, I mean, he, he wants to win, but he can't win there. He, mm. he turned down a couple trades, uh, last year because he wanted to stay in Baltimore. Um, which was surprising at the time. Uh, okay. so, I don't see him playing anywhere else, but at the same time, if, if Baltimore's not giving him the any offers, I mean, why wouldn't they want him? He's a, from all reports, he's the best clubhouse guy. He's a veteran presence, and he's been consistent as fuck forever. Um, he's he's who you want the if you're going to turn around and rebuild a franchise, yeah. you want him there to teach all of the next generation talent um, how to play right. Uh, I don't know why Baltimore wouldn't resign him. Yeah. But maybe you're right. Maybe he doesn't want to resign with them. Uh, I just don't. I, I think that someone of his te- caliber has to be um, has to be signed somewhere. I think he wants to go somewhere that's a little bo- more higher pedigree. You know, why wouldn't you? If you're that good, you're doing all the work on this shitty team. You know, why not go somewhere and take a couple of years relatively off, essentially, <laughs> where other guys are picking up the slack? Uh, not that he's. I'm not saying he's a lazy player. I'm just saying. Go somewhere yeah. else where you can, where you know, some other guys can help you shoulder the load. You know, you're, see him you're playing going on the Orioles team and you're shouldering the load, and these guys still only got you to 47 wins last year. So, like, you know, go to a. I mean, I don't think he's going to go to a Tampa Bay. I don't think he's going to go to a a really stellar dwelling team. I, I'd love to see him in like a Minnesota or like an Oakland. Yeah, guys are looking to take another step. Has, Minnesota has Byron Buxton in, in center. Oakland has. Um, that uh, rookie who, whose name I can't pronounce, um, which is like Loriano, but it's mm. 
not spelled like Francisco Liriana. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I can see Adam Jones going to like the Pirates, but again, yeah, that'd be that, doesn't, that doesn't um, satisfy the winning side because they, I mean, maybe. Well, they were over 500 last year. Yeah, but they have Sterling Marte in center. Yeah. Although he did get suspended last year for, I think, PEDs, I believe. But he's still a stud. So um, maybe Adam Jones finishes his career in, like, left or right, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, I could see him going somewhere like 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 Pittsburgh. Okay, cool. Um, just over the wire, by the way, and this is not baseball-related, the Patriots are trading for Michael Bennett from Philly. So Really? Yeah, and I, I kind of like that move. Defensive I always like Michael Bennett. Defensive end? Yes, indeed. Oh, I love it. So they need some. They need some D line. Fun stuff. Give me uh, before we close out. Give me uh, thirty seconds. Give me uh, something that will happen in the major leagues this year that no one sees coming. Uh, Victor Robles will be uh, a will hit twenty home runs and steal twenty bases. Victor, Ro- I don't even know who that is. That's not. Like- <laughs> That's why no one sees it coming because no one knows who the hell that is. Fox. He's a rookie on. He's a rookie on the Nets. All right. Um, I got nothing. I, again, like that's that's why I have you guys on because I don't know stuff. You know what I mean? But I'll be watching more baseball this year than I have in a long time, so I'm pretty psyched about that. Well, I'm going to be texting every night some baseball shit. So you, you, unless you want to just like sit sit there, uh, not understanding what's going on. No, I, I like understanding what's going on much better. But I also like interviewing people who know what's going on, so I look better. Matt Fox, thanks, brother. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. All right, bye. Put it on my mama's paper. I'm putting all my savings up. They tell us we're not gonna make it. It's gonna so hard just to make grand. If we don't know what to say, we gon' make it up. But all you wanna know.